I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, where we speak superhero, or in this case, supervillainess, as our focus is on the Joker's ex, Harley Quinn. She, in all her psychotic glory, is back on the big screen in Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, with Margot Robbie reprising the character from 2016's Suicide Squad. With all of the excitement surrounding Margot's portrayal, one might forget that Harley actually got her start in a 1992 episode of Batman the Animated Series, and that she was created by writer Paul Dini. If you have forgotten, that's where we come in, chatting with Paul about all things Harley. Yeah, so, so the whole thing, there's so much happening with, with this little woman named Harley Quinn. Perhaps you've heard of her. Yeah, I've heard of her. <laughs> yes, you yeah. have. So I just thought it would be good to go to the source, so to speak, to uh, okay. I, I want to just get a sense of you could obviously you could not have imagined that, you know, from 1992 to 2019, Harley Quinn would still be such a big part of the pop culture equation. Or well, maybe you could. Well, yeah. I'm I'm yeah, I mean, it's 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 sort of hard to believe, but uh, you're kind of kind of glad she is. I mean, uh, she it's um, I think it's a testament to the. The, the strength and the appeal of the original character and, you know, not only what she was, but the fact that so many uh, subsequent creative people have seen something fun in her and have wanted to uh, embrace that, whether they've been, uh, you know, writing or drawing or, or you know, people who just happen to like her and, and um, cosplay as her or uh, just, uh, you know, in, dress up for her as Halloween or, or whatever. But, but what was the concept? I mean, and, I, and I'm curious how that concept evolved uh, from what your sort of your initial thought was for the character. Well, I wanted some I, I wanted to broaden the Joker's gang a little bit. I was writing a Joker story and I wasn't, you know, on staff or anything. I was just sort of freelancing because Alan Burnett wanted me to write a couple of episodes for Batman. And um, I came up with this idea for a rather grim Joker story where he tortures an ordinary an ordinary man just to show that Joker's cruelty and his cunning and his warped sense of humor you know applies to more people than just Batman and it you know if you can tie all that into Batman that's fine that that doubles the joke for him but um that's kind of a gruesome story uh, especially as we started off on such a scary note with this sort of this traffic incident and Joker just the one guy, the guy who finally speaks up and tells somebody off. It turns out, oh, great. I, 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 uh, I told off a psychotic master villain who's now targeted me. You know, this is not my life. How did I get into this? Which I thought was a, a fun area for a Joker story to be in, but it's kind of a, gr- a, a grim area. So I needed some laughs in there, and and I didn't really want to have laughs at the expense of Batman or Gordon, and I thought it would be fun as a way of taking the edge off of Joker and making him more sadistically whimsical and playful if he had uh, somebody funny in his gang. So I figured he'd have the, the usual compliment of, yeah, boss type hench guys. And I thought, what if there's a girl in there and the girl is kind of a wayward soul and snappy and funny and kind of a, you know, a a, a fool to his leer or something like that. You know, somebody who's like the Joker's jester. Right. And I thought there's there's some fun to be had in there. And it's also not without precedent when you think back to the hench people that used to uh, cluster around the villains and the um in the Adam West 1960s series, right. they all have, uh, 
you know, a mixed gang of, of men and women. And I thought, well, let's, let's do that here. And I thought, well, it would be fun to do a kind of 1930s girl gone wrong type of, of character who had kind of a snappy sense of humor. And, um, so I, uh, I, I kind of worked along those lines and, uh, again, I kind of liked the 1930s Judy Holiday type, type voice. And my friend Arlene Sorkin does that type of character particularly well. And she was on TV a lot at the time. And I thought, well, it would be a good chance to do some stunt casting and also have a chance to work, uh, with a, with a friend of mine and, and things like that. So it all just sort of aligned and that combined with, uh, uh, Boyd Kirkland's great, great direction and Bruce Timm's terrific design. And it all, it all worked together. Now you had this concept for who this character was, obviously, when you first came up with it, like, as you just explained, but what has been the evolution? Cause obviously the more the character appears, the more layers have to be added, especially when it starts appearing in all these different mediums. Uh, how would you say Harley has evolved over the years? Well, uh, it was, um, you know, she went from being this kind of uh, a sideline character, and we liked the character a lot. It's so, uh, like I've always maintained that you know uh, a character like Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck or any of the others is not just springs fully, fully born from the animator's pencil. That it's a process of evolution, and sometimes the character will start off one way and get redefined and. Right. And things like that. So Harley started off as pretty much of a standard stock uh, hench person, but the directors liked her. And even before we got on the air, the other like uh, Kevin Altieri or Dan Reba would say, hey, where's my Harley Quinn episode? I want to do one with her. So she was she was fun for the cr the crew to work with. And then when she got on TV, there was some initial like, well, I hope we don't see her all the time, which was our feeling, too, because we didn't want to diminish the, the threat of the Joker by making it, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, by by watering him down too much, by giving him too much of a predictable uh, supporting cast. But a little of her went a long way. And, and I think that people were more engaged by her than not. And it made you want to know a little bit more about her so that whenever there was a moment where the Joker would shout at her or she would have to, you know, apologize for something the Joker did, you know, which it showed him off as being more of a monster, but it also showed their relationship as being more complex. So I think, and by the time Bruce and I created the mad love story, you got to see there was a deeply tragic, uh, secret, um, origin to this character. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I think that that engaged the audience's the readership's uh sympathy for her and also the audience on on the TV show so they now knew there was more to her than just uh, appeared on screen and I think that as time passed and people really embraced that character and as uh myself and other writers would do things that would move her more away from the Joker I think that people like that. And they said, well, when's Harley going to get her turn? When's she going to get even with him, you know, for some of the lousy things he does. And, um, I guess toward the end of the episode, Joker's millions, um, I have her very, very decidedly, you know, giving him what for, for daring to replace, uh, her in the gang. And that showed she could, uh, get angry and she could have this side and really snap at him. And I think that sort of fueled 
a lot of creators' imaginations, like, let's take her one step beyond and one step beyond. So she became very real in that uh, aspect that she was somebody who was moving out of a relationship she had gotten into for whatever reason, but had turned, you know, very abusive. And uh, she was coming into her own as this, uh, as this uh, very um, distinct character. And, um, and I think that that's where she is today. She's a character who's off on her own, who's been liberated in a, in a lot of ways, as far as unconventional thinking. And um, you can arguably possibly thank the Joker for that. Or you can just say she sort of arrived at that conclusion on her own. I always think of her as a very smart character and someone who might play silly and foolish and somebody who will give into whims and fancies of the moment. But there is a very, uh, a very sharp uh, uh, knowing undercurrent to her. With all of that in mind, and and admittedly, you know, she has become independent, and and and, but she's still psychotic. She still does terrible things a lot of the time. Yet there's a connection with the audience in her. Why do you think the audience latches onto her the way that it does? Like between Margot Robbie, now we've got the Kaylee Kuoko, the animated series. It just seems the audience really loves Harley Quinn. Well, she does the things that we can't or that we would never do. But she's that extension of like, boy, that guy got. That guy, uh, you know, said something unkind to me. I could just walk away and and forget about it. But Harley would say, "Oh no, you don't." And she's the one who turns back and and uh, lays into them, you know, because that is there's nothing stopping her. And uh, I think she's a bit of a wish fulfillment in that way that she does the things that we wish we could do, but we, for whatever reason, we're too afraid to do or to, um, uh, you know. Uh, we have the foresight not to do that. I think, you know, in in that way, she shares something with Batman because when there's an injustice done and uh, somebody gets away with something, we would all love to be Batman for a few minutes and, and, and hunt that person down and, and, uh, and, and uh, deliver some justice to them. And Harley's kind of the same way, except she does it with, with humor and with impishness and with a really, really big hammer. (laughs) <laughs> a really big hammer. That's absolutely right. You know, yeah, or now, a mallet or whatever she's got. Exactly. Now, you're a guy who's obviously spent a lot of time toiling in the universes of others, like the Looney Tunes and and of course Batman and all that stuff. What is sure. your feeling when you see a character you created taking on the life that it has, like Harley has? Uh, what do I think? Yeah, I think more, for- please. And I want to do that again and again. Um, <laughs> I. I want to get as many of uh, characters that I have a hand in out there. And it's very, as a creator, uh, you know, I'll give you the creator uh, angle. It's very inspiring as a creator to know that I can work with, um, I can come up with an idea and then work with some really uh, skilled and wonderful artists to bring that idea to life. And that just makes it, it makes me hunger to do more. And uh, I am doing more. And so in, I, I'm not really ready to talk about it, but I've, I've done some things here and there that have been, very gratifying to me as a, as a creator, I've gotten out there with some of my own characters and, and I just, you know, none of them have had the success that Harley has had, but it's, it's still, it keeps me going. It is, it is, it is very, it it is very gratifying for me to be able to be in a position to write a book or a comic or something that is um, my own creation and, and have it and have it out there. And when I see the character on uh, cereal boxes and Pez dispensers and, uh, you know, socks and everything, I go like, I'm, I'm glad people are enjoying her. I'm glad she's out there and uh, 
and um, um, you know, making making folks happy. And when you see somebody like Margot Robbie playing her, is it fascinating mm-hmm. to you? Is it like you know? Uh, I mean, what's your feeling when you see something like that? The character brought to life in that way. Well, I I think it's I think it's amazing. I think uh, you know it, it's she has a tremendous amount of affection for the character. She's put a lot of thought into her and also how she approaches the character. And uh, when I met her, she said, is there anything that I'm doing wrong or, or that you, you know, want to tell me? And I, uh, about the way I'm performing her. And I said, no, you're doing a great job. You're doing, you're having a great time. You're having fun. I can see that you're having fun and really embrace the character. And if you're, if you're having fun, that's, that's, that's everything right there. Uh, I got to go on the Birds of Prey set recently and, and watch her shooting a few scenes. And she's just tremendous. She was doing a, a big action sequence. All the um, the major characters were there in, in, a, in a huge action, action sequence. And uh, she was doing her own stunts and, uh, and roller skating and uh, doing, doing it, was, it was, you know, it was hardly come to life, really. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and she just approaches it with an with with an amazing enthusiasm and a dedication. Not you know, and 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 um, and she's really made the character her own in that live a- action aspect. I mean, I, I, I looked at some of the sets, the costumes, and uh, some of the backstage uh, things that are, you're going to see in the movie, and I can't go into detail about it, but I could tell that a lot of it had been. Um, uh, very thought out meticulously and with a lot of affection uh, by Margot and, uh, and uh, Christina Hodson, the writer. And they, they, and I, in talking to Christina, she just said um, uh, they were having a really good time, you know, figuring out Harley for that, uh, for that universe. And, um, and I just thought, Oh, that, that's really great. And, and um, you know, if they're, if they're having, if they're having fun, brainstorming and writing and, and figuring out the character, you know, that, that, that's, that's terrific. It's going to be, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see what it all looks like uh, put together. It's funny when you talk about Harley, what, a few times during the conversation, you've mentioned the word fun. It seems like for you, Harley yeah. is fun. Oh yeah. Harley, Harley doesn't, Harley exists for me in a universe of fun. If it was, a, if it was a burden to write her, I wouldn't, I mean, I couldn't, right. you know, she's uh, Harley is in my brain. She is sort of like the, she's both angel and devil on my shoulder. There really is no difference. There's, it's, it's like Harley runs on one shoulder and then she runs to the other shoulder and she says pretty much the same thing. But it's also, it's more like a voice of encouragement and words of like, you're going to take that? You're going to, hey, here's something fun to do. Hey, how about you do this? And sometimes I have to go, shut up. Voices from Krypton will return, but in the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.